Hello and welcome to the Real World Nutrition Podcast. This is episode 68, Fueling Your Fitness. I'm Shelley Rael, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and the host of this podcast, where today I'm addressing one of the things that I see a lot, especially in the new year, but actually throughout the year, I shouldn't say especially now, is people not properly fueling themselves for their fitness, for their exercise. And people need to fuel their bodies properly in preparation for exercise, but they have this mistaken belief that if they starve themselves or don't eat prior to exercise, that they're helping themselves burn more fat. Now, let me start by this. Doing a 30 or 45 or even a 60 minute bout of exercise, like a run, like a lifting session, a fitness class, there isn't a need to carbo load. A lot of people have this idea that they need to carbo load or eat a whole bunch of pasta or something like that in order to do exercise. And that really is not necessary for most daily exercise. And there also isn't a need to take a protein supplement or a pre-workout. Properly fueling your body will help with the productive workout and make it feel like it's easier. However, this can be done with food alone in most cases. So a few things that I want to make note of first. When I refer to a workout, this can be any form of planned exercise. So whether that's doing a fitness class, lifting weights, or doing resistance training, or going for a run or a bike ride, or a very intentional walk, that is what I consider a workout. Now, recently I've had some people who consider a workout merely lifting weights and nothing more. So back when I used to run several times a week, I thought of that as a workout. And when I go on a 20-mile bike ride or longer, I consider that a workout. However, in the recent years when I've asked people, what do you do for exercise? And they respond, workout. Well, I ask for clarification and I receive confirmation that they are working out. So I've come to learn that for many people, this term working out or doing a workout means lifting weights. And that's it or going to the gym, as some people will say. And another point I want to make is one can undoubtedly exercise without eating for several hours. It is part of a survival mechanism that we could still fight or fly, run away, even in a fasted or even a starved state. But that is hormones that are helping with that and not fuel in the muscles from food. So we do have ways to adapt so we can exercise without fueling. However, if one does fuel well, the workout can be more efficient and potentially more intense when it's adequately fueled. I've had many an activity in when I was not well fueled, and it was a miserable experience. So it makes the workout challenging and even more challenging than necessary, not because you're working out harder, but because it's not fueled well. And the third point I want to make, supplements really are not needed. Now there's a whole 
business and industry on this idea that we need supplements in order to work out or exercise. And some people think they need to stock up on buckets of protein or pre-workout or other supplements. But that's not, that's not the case. Not one supplement was used or required when I was training for and running in half marathons, marathons, other distances, triathlons, or even doing a century, doing century bike rides. Those are 100 mile bike rides. It was all food. So, First thing to consider, fueling for what? When I say fueling fitness, what are you fueling for? What kind of fitness are you engaging in? So I say one of the many things to consider is what type of exercise one does. It could be a soccer game, a bike ride or race, a swim meet, a casual hike over several hours, strength training or, quote, just a run. These are all fueled a little bit differently at least when it comes down to the details. However, anyone could have a cup of coffee or two before the workout and be fine, unless they have a caffeine sensitivity, which they're probably not drinking coffee anyway. And having coffee is certainly less costly and safer than a pre-workout, which is often a combination of stimulants and potentially dangerous. I've had people tell me of adverse side effects that they've had from using a pre-workout, including vomiting, headaches, and shakes. And these symptoms are indeed temporary, but they would likely interfere with any exercise for that day. If you're having vomiting and headaches, who's going to be going to the gym or engaging in a bout of exercise? Now, fluids are always essential too. Fluid benefits us up to and during exercise, and it especially helps with cooling the muscles. And most people don't need to drink a gallon of water a day to get enough fluid. That could actually increase the risk of having hyponatremia, or what is called um, low sodium levels. Hyponatremia means low sodium in the blood. What about carbs or protein? Carbs versus protein. Here's where I find ten people tend to get things reversed. Protein is not the fuel for the muscles. So loading up on protein doesn't help fuel a workout. However, glucose and glycogen, these are the fuel for the muscles. So if you plan to exercise, your muscles need the fuel to do the workout. And that fuel is glucose, which comes from carbohydrates. So if you exercise, if your exercise uses muscles, then it needs carbohydrates. And I'd love to hear about any exercise that doesn't use muscles. Now, protein is okay beforehand, but it isn't the fuel. Having a yogurt ahead will have both carbs and protein in it. And the carbs in there will help fuel the exercise, help with fueling the muscles. Now, what about timing? When should you eat? Well, again, this varies depending on what the exercise is, or I should say when it is happening, and how long it's la it lasts. Last night's meal may adequately fuel a 30 to 45 minute workout first thing in the morning. So a workout that could be a run, bike, gym time, 
or it may not be. Many years ago, I had a client referred to me by her doctor because she kept passing out on her morning runs. What it turns out, a friend had told her to stop eating anything by 4 p.m. each day. And then she would attempt a three-mile run first thing in the morning without eating anything. And she was passing out because her body didn't have enough fuel to do the workout. She'd gone 14, 16 hours in some cases without having eaten anything. That's not safe. And it's definitely not an efficient workout. So if one wants to stop eating at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, 4 p.m. in the afternoon is redundant, I know, then some food or fuel would help in the morning before the run, before the exercise, to get some energy, to get some fuel to those muscles. When I ran longer distance training for a half marathon and then later for full marathons, some mornings I could run on the fuel from the night before, but that was usually six miles or less or about an hour of running. If those runs were scheduled or planned to be longer than that, more than an hour, it did need fuel before those runs. So on those days, I would eat something about one to two hours before I went out for the run or for the activity. And sometimes this meant fueling at 4 or 5 a.m. This early fueling was usually on the weekends. So I'd get up, eat, go back to bed for an hour or so, and then get up and do the run. And on race days, when an event started at 7 or 7.30 in the morning, I would always ensure that the few food or fuel was in me by 5 a.m. So why this two-hour difference here? Well, it gives the body time to digest food and is available for the muscles for fuel. So that way it's not in the stomach still and risking a cramp. So it differs for, for diff it, the time window there differs for pe different people, and that's part of experimenting. So I say at least an hour beforehand, but some people need closer to two hours beforehand. And those are for longer bouts of exercise. But having that time there to allow the body to digest the food and get the fuel, that was what a lot of our parents were thinking or at least that's the rationale, when we were told we weren't allowed to go swimming for 30 minutes after we had lunch or had a snack because of the risk of a cramp. And while we're running, of course, or doing other exercise, most of the time we can just stop and rest. And as kids, of course, swimming in a pool, that was like torture to wait that 30 minutes. Most often it wasn't a big deal. It wouldn't have been a big deal, but it was just one of those things that's the reason behind that. All right, so what to eat? If we work out without supplements, what works then? Well, as I said, a cup or two of coffee might help, though that stimulates the GI tract. So I just say don't go too far from the bathroom unless you know how you'll react to that. But something as simple as a glass of juice or a banana works. So would a yogurt, a bowl of cereal, hot or cold cereal would work. Toast with peanut butter is also helpful. And my go-to was a smoothie made with soy milk, frozen fruit, Greek yogurt, and some oats. And it was easy to make, easy to drink, and pretty quick to digest. And that's what worked for me, but that doesn't mean it will work for everyone. So part of training is trial and error. 
most often what happens is people train, 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 or exercise, exercise, exercise. And then on the day of event, they try something different. Or the day before an event, they try something different when it comes to eating, and that can mess with them. So it may be easy to ignore the fueling before a workout, but I recommend trying it and seeing if exercise is more manageable when fueled well, if it feels easier, feels more productive when fueled well. So one more story here. Several years ago, I was in a nine mile race up a mountain in my town. So it was started at the base of the mountain and we ran up the mountain and About seven and a half miles up, there was a participant on the ground just unable to get up, and he was sobbing. He was getting help, and I heard them asking, what did he have to eat that morning? And his response was, nothing. Now, this race being uphill, this seven and a half to nine miles for us moderate runners, this was about a two and a half hour event, and he hadn't eaten anything about two hours in. A nine-mile race over two hours uphill with zero fuel. He was crashed on the ground. This is what can happen when underfueled. A literal crash or what we use is bonking or hit the wall. And he was unable to continue. Luckily, getting something, some food into us within about 15 to 20 minutes, most people can at least get up, recover slightly, and finish the event or at least get to a safe place. So don't do that to yourself. Make sure you fuel yourself and eat something. And that's real world nutrition. That's it for this week. Next week, I'm going to get into a little bit more about my top five foods for fueling your fitness. Take care. Bye for now.